How many people in this town who are middle class mm -hmm. by virtue of income think they're the upper elite by virtue of status? Humble yourself. Let your kids be in service. Let your kids serve somebody. Let your kids pick up their own trash. Because if you won't, you'll die that way. Mm -hmm. If you want to get to the top, learn how to do something at the bottom. A game-changing approach to life, business, and marketing. You're listening to TMG Talks. All right, guys, we are on the podcast today. Millen Patel, thank you so much for being here today, man. It means a lot to me that you stopped in. I mean, it means, uh, when you say it means a lot to you, like, mm -hmm. describe it. Well, you know, <laughs> you know you've been involved in some things in my life. I'm very grateful to have met you in about 2011, 2012. Uh, had some good times together. I've uh, learned a lot from you, and I just appreciate you being here today, man. You know, John, I love you, but I'm not used to compliments. You know what I mean? Because like, when terrible. I was in middle school, when I was in middle school, like, I was always told, you know, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. I'm too short. They ate all my chicken nuggets. So it was just, you, <laughs> so know, you know, so like 20 years from now, like 20 years later, it just feels like, oh, I'm getting compliments. So, well, 25 years later. You got to get better at these compliments. I, I know, man. Um, I'll Maybe write down a few different ways to respond. You know, my son, I tell him all the time, I say, Nim, you look so handsome. Daddy, am I handsome? That one I can give gracefully, mm -hmm. but I can't give it. I can't take it when it's to myself. <laughs> so, Millen, so Millen, this podcast is to inspire upper management, business leaders, business owners, and heck, even... Uh, employees to a certain degree. Um, Millen, obviously, um, you're in the real estate business. You're in the, uh, you actually have some retail stores. You have some restaurants and things that you're kind of involved in. Where did that all start with Millen Patel? Where did it all start, man? You know, it started by mistake. It's, hmm. it's, it's, uh, people always say in business, like, have a business plan, have a this, have a plan. Hmm. Um, I don't know if there's any such thing. And and for I us I have to agree. And for us it was no plan. So you guys oh, went to UGA. Yeah. You your business partner Umong. That's right. Just very good at school. Very Bulldog. That's right. Very good at figuring it out. Uh very good at you know, I hate the I use this word a lot and I'll probably overuse it, but just very good at that um the art of the hustle. Mm. The art of um growing relationships, meeting the right person asking the right question and not ever settling with what it couldn't be mm. always you know just say you know you gotta you gotta believe you can do it and i know that that sounds really um cliche and of course nike has that slogan whatever but you know what i mean you I just gotta it. you just gotta say that you can do it um and it and you know that you can do it changed over the years at first it was uh monetarily driven or mm. driven by this quotient of how much things or money you can accumulate. Um, but the problem with that is, is that, you know, it's money isn't finite. Um, and at, at some point you say, if something that's not finite, why are you chasing it? Mm -hmm. So you want to chase something sometimes that's finite. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, weight loss is somewhat finite. Like, you know, you can't lose more than so much weight, otherwise you'll die. Yep. You can't uh, distance is sometimes finite. Like the distance from your house to your home is a is 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 a three point six miles. Once you get there, you got to work on time, etc. So there was sometime in my, sometime I don't remember maybe ten years ago, whatever. I figured out that I don't know if I'm I'm doing all this for the right reasons. Mm. Um, and 
So, but I still hustled, but I hustled in a different way. Um, but like I said, everything just figured out the art of the hustle. Um, figured out, figured out we could do it. So, what motivated you to really kind of, or what shaped you to become an entrepreneur early on? Did you kind of know? Did you sort of have a feeling that there were things like was was your vision pretty early? No, so it's actually ironic. So I, I didn't live in my first house till I was twenty three. Um, so my dream was always just to be a homeowner. Hmm. It was nothing else. My subliminal message about the American dream will always be homeownership. That's what I believe, because I didn't have my first home till I was twenty three. Mm-hmm. So we grew up in a little non conventional way. Uh, so we didn't own we didn't we didn't live in a home. So obviously. What's, what's the saying? Um, you want most what you grew up without. Mm-hmm. So if you grew up without water, then you want water. If you grew up without clothes, you want clothes. I mean, whatever. And when I say without water, obviously, I mean like clean water or, you know, good clothes or what, whatever. Mm-hmm. But my I've, actually at 18, all I wanted to do was be a classical middle class person who had a house, two cars, and I could save for my retirement. That was my vision at 17 when I went into college. I didn't want any more. What did you do after college? Um, I had a I was a, a consultant at a big multinational consulting company. I worked at the 42nd or 32nd floor of a <laughs> office tower. So it seemed like everything was lining up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was the that was what I wanted. I wanted to just go into an office and sit in a cubicle and check my email and um what was going on inside? on the inside of Millen during that time. Something something had to be going on. This ain't me. Hmm. And you have you can't fight yourself. A lot of people say, you know, I, I hate this or I hate my life. I hate my house. I hate Albany. I hate this town. Gosh. I hate this school. My man, you really gotta ask yourself, what are you doing about it? I mean, go get that second job. Go drive Uber. Go wait tables. Go cut some grass. And if you keep yourself busy, you really have no time to complain. And if you, anybody who knows me closely knows they've never heard me complain. I might vent. Mm-hmm. I might say, when's my break going to happen? <laughs> when's it going to get easier? Why do they not understand? Why do you think so many entrepreneurs fail? They did it for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. Do you think anybody can do it just from their DNA? Do you think it's for really anybody? It's misalignment, right? Like if you're doing it for the money and then the struggle hits you, then you give up. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to have a question when we grew up. Remember they used to ask you, our generation, they would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Right? That was the... That was what was the, yours when you were a kid? What would you say? Race car driver. Really? Yes. Mine was a preacher and a karate man. See? <laughs> And there's no money in any of that, but that's what you wanted to be when you grow up. Depends on what preacher you are. Go ahead. And I think today the question has to be, if you were going to ask the youth, it's what do you see wrong in the world? Hmm. And what are you going to do to fix it? And I think that is what this next generation question will be. And who knows what it's going to be in the next generation. Mm -hmm. It might be how are you going to survive? It might be something different. It might be... When are you moving to Antarctica? I mean, it could be so many different things. Or Mars. Or Mars. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but our generation was always, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. It was this very definitive, absolute question that was asked to the youth about what do you want to be? And 
if you think about it, the options were somewhat limited, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, so you could say teacher, you could say uh, law enforcement, you could say engineer, doctor, lawyer, you could say, but no one said, well, I'm going to invent this thing called Facebook, or I'm going to invent this thing called Instagram, or right. I'm going to invent this thing called a podcast, or I'm going to... I'm gonna. You know, it was all very classical mm-hmm. in its nature, and ironically, a lot of those professions may actually be obsolete, or they may very drastically change. I mean, you know, look look at our country right now. We have a shortage in nurses, teachers. So if you have shortages and people are quitting those professions, the system's gonna have to reinvent itself. Absolutely. And maybe our kids are taught by YouTube videos one day. Maybe they're taught by uh, auditorium. Maybe they're taught digitally. Who knows mm-hmm. what's going to be the change? Mm-hmm. And maybe medicine might be that way. It might be, you know, digital medicine. It might be this. It might be that. So there, there's a lot of there's a lot of change that will happen because, you know, if you don't have teachers, how are you going to learn? So you, learning's not going to stop. It's just going to have to be reinvented. The trucking industry. Oh, my gosh. Like finding truck drivers. Look, you know, look at I've that. Had, oh man, it's it's tough. Yeah, it's look at really that. Tough, and, and it pays well. Mm-hmm. But you got to ask yourself: Does this generation, who barely wants a driver's license, <laughs> which want, is right, crazy? Which is that's I couldn't wait to get a driver's license when I was thirteen. My dad took me to the Walmart parking lot at yep. twelve o'clock at night yep. and said, "Go up and down these aisles." <laughs> um, it, it was such a dream to sit in a car in the driver's mm-hmm. seat. It was such, like I just told you earlier, I'd want to be a race car driver. I wanted to just go around circles because I wanted to make each lap faster because we were very competitive, mm-hmm. right? Your family, competitive family? Very competitive. Good. Never That's good cool. enough. I mean, never yeah. good enough. Um, so you didn't get 10th pla- place ribbons when you were a kid, huh? You just didn't come home. <laughs> Which is crazy because our generation, for the most part, I guess maybe the majority of the parents were, man, they were soft. Oh. I mean, they gave out tenth place ribbons, you know. And I, what what has that potentially done to the mindset of our generation? In a weak way, it's saying mm-hmm. your best is good enough. Mm-hmm. But it's relative. Your best is only good enough if you tried your best. Obviously, you had amazing parents. You had really great parents who were there, and they motivated you right to be the best Millen you could possibly be. Would you a- agree with that? Absolutely. Awesome. So after college. You go and you do some consulting, and uh, what next, man? What? When did you get into owning and running your own businesses? So everybody has something that accelerates them. Mm-hmm. Mine was a very bad boss. So having a very bad boss was the best thing that could have ever happened. Mm-hmm. And when I say a bad boss, someone who... I mean, legally, you can't hit me or nothing, but I mean, you can make my life miserable by the way you think. And she just made my life miserable. Um, A very contrarian woman, very young, just didn't align with what I thought life was about. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get into all that, but what I'm, but ultimately, if, if I like black coffee and you like red coffee, there's something wrong with you because what, what did you put in your coffee to make it red? So if if I don't align with that, um, then I have to keep moving. So mm-hmm. ultimately, I started itching that what can I do? What can I do? And always kind of had one one hand, one leg in and one leg out. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you know, like when you're crossing states and they got this little thing that says, "Oh, but if you put your foot here and bend over, you're in three straights at once." I kind of always was like that. So, and that's not saying that was fair because. 
my 50% somewhere was still everybody else's 100. So I still did well. But I knew in my heart and my mind that it wasn't good enough for me. Mm-hmm. So I said, let me go try something. And then when I tried something, I literally made up my mind in 24 hours that, okay, I'll move. I'll pick up my life. Where'd you go? Came to Albany. And um, didn't know nothing about what I was doing here. Going back to entrepreneurship and for people who are in upper management, do you think judgment can be a uh, a bad thing? If you're in management, right, mm-hmm. you have this self-perceived power. Yes. What are you going to do with that power? Mm-hmm. You want power so you can tell someone what to do? Right. You want power so they can bring you a cup of coffee? Mm-hmm. Or do you want power because you want to affect change in a good way for everyone? So now we're talking about intent. That's right, intent. What's your, mm-hmm. what's your? you know, I mean, you know, they always say the richest person in the world is Jeff Bezos. He's worth $127 billion, but unofficially, it's actually Vladimir Putin. They say he's probably worth $300 billion. But obviously, if you can nationalize every single company in your country and then gain $50 in net wealth, yes, you're worth a lot. But you have to ask yourself, what are you doing it for? Mm-hmm. Is he sharing it? Is he is he making himself the most powerful person in the world that one day his kids are powerful? So for my unique power, do I want to hurt $100 million? And if that's yes, 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 then do your thing. Mm-hmm. But you, I, you have to ask yourself what your intention is. Like, Look at people like, Bill Gates, who used their own money to make change for the world. Unbelievable. And and that's what it should be about. Like, I don't think he cares. He's not ever in the news. He's not in the Wall Street front page. He's not this and that. But, man, the good that he does is unreal. The more and more people I have met later in life that have acquired a lot of success that came from nothing, let me, let me put that in there, um, are some of the most humble people I've ever met in my entire life. You know, it's hard for someone, not everyone, but for someone that came from nothing that has, you know, $100, $200 million company with hundreds and hundreds of employees, the impact that those individuals can make on our society is unbelievable, you know? And so I've actually had a change of perspective towards uh, individuals like that myself later in life. So everybody, you got to ask yourself, how do you give everybody a, a chance? There's a, I, I don't eat yogurt as much as I used to, but there's a yogurt called Shobani. I know everybody eats it, right? You <laughs> That's should, a plug. <coughs> get an ad. That's right. We can, yeah, get, like, we can get sponsored by the yogurt. But they, I used to love them because they, they got like the little dips now, but they had the food at the bottom and you do like this. What do they call it? Dips or flips or whatever it's called. But anywho, this, um, the guy was Turkish origin or something. And I remember when they, he did something where he gave 10 foot, 20% of his company to all his people. So literally- Every person in the company is a millionaire. And you just have to ask yourself, don't you want people to have something? Like, Don't you want them to t- put their kids in school? Don't you want this element of society to keep progressing in a positive way? Don't you want to be a part of that? Don't you want to own yeah. that? Don't you want to be a part of that? Don't you want to say? But now there's also a twist in that where some people say, I have a Cadillac and I don't want you to have one. Mm-hmm. But man, that makes me feel icky. You know, I struggle with having nice things because I don't like the feeling of knowing that somebody else can't have it. So I would wish that anything that I have, you can have. Um, Why wouldn't you? Because people think that if you're isolated in your possessions, mm-hmm. that you're better than someone. Yeah. But if you're better than someone, you need, you need to know it in your own heart. Mm-hmm. You don't need to... Prove it by being singular in what you own, right? Like, 
if you really truly want more, you should want everybody to have a home, everybody to have a nice car, everybody to have a Nike sweatshirt, whatever. You got to spread that. And and no, I don't mean it like a socialist mm-hmm. or redistribution. Right, right, right. I mean from an aspect of almost like Benny building mini entrepreneurs. It goes back to what you said about, you know, you can do this. You can do it. Absolutely. And if everybody felt that way, you can do it. See, the mm-hmm. other thing about entrepreneurship, right? You have to be a generalist. Mm-hmm. Mark Cuban said that. You have to be a little good at everything. Mm-hmm. And most people don't have that. But what if you were the glue that the little bit you're good at, the little bit you're good at, the little bit you're good at, and I made you all a team. And because of that little, 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 y'all all became something. So that's ultimately what you should you know, aspire to be like, oh, John's great at this, but Matt's good at this, but he's good at this. And I put all y'all together, man, that's a hell, heck of a team, right? And it's amazing that we root for that, but we don't champion it. No. We root for it at football, basketball, sports, right? Like when UGA recruits, right, we say, oh, we need that left tackle. He's going to protect his blind side. Yep. So you sure want to put it together when it's fun to watch. Yep. But you don't want to put it together when you have to have something a part of it. Mm-hmm. So you could be a beneficiary when you win the national championship. Like when free agency happens and the Braves are missing this third baseman because ours wasn't no good or you're missing a center fielder, you're missing a pitcher, you're missing a relief pitcher. You sure want the team to go sign that missing plug, but you don't want that missing plug. You don't want to contribute that missing plug in real life. Right. And see, but you don't look at it that way. You don't say. Have you heard of Gary Vanderchuk? Come on, man. I got him on Instagram. You know, I love me some Gary V. Now. He was during one of his Q and A's. Uh, no judgment to this to the guy. The guy gets on the mic and he says, "You know, hey, I have a company, an apparel company. Very, I've acquired some a lot of success." But he says, "Gary, you know, I just I don't understand. I can't get the people that work for me to work hard. I just can't find people who want to work." And Gary says, "Do they have equity in your company?" He says, "No." Well, then why? And what audacity? do you have to think that they should care about your company as much as you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. And see, back to what you just and said. And see, equity, good point about equity. Equity is different for different people. Yep. I mean, sometimes sometime it's literally just shares. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's something this, something this. But I'm a... And by the way, he told him he was the problem. Oh, of course. <laughs> You're, you, you are the problem. Listen. <laughs> which, which hopefully helped them. You know? I've been doing this now for... 15, uh, 2004 to 2009. I've been doing this for roughly 15 years. And I've never had a now hiring sign. Hmm. And what's everybody else that says they can't find good help doing so right? If you have a business in town and you have a business that is trying to do right and you do right, those people is your marketing. Mm-hmm. Those people say you need to come here. You need to do this. You need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um. But people complain you can't find good help. Man, look in the mirror. Hmm. I mean, ask yourself, what are you doing wrong? Ask yourself, how do you talk to people? How do you grace them when you ask them to do something? You know, in 15 years, I've never told somebody what to do. But I'm the boss man, right? <laughs> Big boss. Big boss, right? Big boss Millen. Big boss, right? Hey, all the only boss man I am is that check that check bounces, I got a felony charge. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's right. I don't have any other glorification of being a boss man. But ask yourself, what does that mean, right? Like, I've never told somebody what to do. Look at the art in that. Look at the art of what that means. So if somebody works with me, I don't say, go do this. Hmm. I say, what is your thought about that window right there? Oh, it's good. Do you think it's dirty? Yes. Do you think we can get it clean today? 
Yes. By the end of the day, will, you, will it be clean? It sure will. I'll take care of it. I appreciate your help. Look at the art in that. Then just saying, John, clean that window. You don't see it dirty? You allow people to take ownership in what they do. Man, it's very people simple. Want people want that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. People want that. Mm-hmm. I mean, people want that. You know, treat them with grace and, you know, everything in life is a conversation. Mm-hmm. Have a conversation when it comes to those things too. And listen, you know, it's sometimes it surprised me. You'd be surprised. I've heard answers like, well, that's not my problem. Well, whose problem is it? Mm-hmm. See, everything. It's a great question. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of like, mm-hmm. a lot of, not every time by being diplomatic or somewhat, just being in that position doesn't always work out well either. Right, right. But then the choice that you've made for yourself is a choice that you have to exit. Mm-hmm. Right? So you then ultimately made your own choice. And that's mm-hmm. okay. You know, saying I fail is one thing, but saying I quit is also a great thing. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to hear from my mouth. But if, you, if I hear from your mouth, I'll accept it. I'll ask you twice to reconsider. But quitting is okay for you, but not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather say, well, let me put it on hold. Let's just fail. Let's go look at it tomorrow. Let's look at it next week. But a lot of people will say quit, but let it come out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in the restaurant industry, which you you own how many restaurants now? Two. Two restaurants? Okay. Two, yeah. Um, especially in the restaurant industry, in that case, um, helping team members see the benefit of the outcome of a task, meaning if your family were eating here, how would you want your family to feel? That's right. You know, how would you want to feel? You know, and when you let... Sometimes when you let people kind of explore that in, in, in themselves, it's a lot easier for them to see the benefit of the outcome of something they can do to help someone else. Instead of just, why didn't you clean the windows when you said blah, blah. That type of motivation is very temporary. It, it's, it's fear. It's a fear tactic. I've, I've definitely had bosses like that in the past. And, and it may work temporarily, but... Well, no, I mean, eventually you get numb to the fear, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like fire me. I mean, I'm gonna if you don't do this, I'm gonna get let, let right. ready. Then after the whatever your buffer of mm-hmm. being numb is, one day you're like, okay, just fire me. Yeah. Because at that point, you've already accepted the all the different scenarios of being fired, mm-hmm. right? You've accepted what will I do? What's my A? What's my B? What's my C? But that's not a way to. You don't want to live your life in fear, man. No, and I actually had a boss like you were talking about earlier. And for the longest time, uh, for the longest time, I judged her for how she treated me. But I realized I was so at fault as well. You know, I had there were so many <coughs> things that I could have done differently, especially just attitude. You know, if I if I would have had a different attitude and th- there was a way I could have handled that a lot better as an employee. But too. you learned, right? I mean, I learned. Yes, too. absolutely. I, mean, I've, uh, I learned every day. I mean, I, I self-reflect all the time. But one thing you're not going to hear out of my mouth is, I can't, I won't, I'm depressed. Not everything in my life goes great. But it's all how you, it's 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 all how you process it. Man, even going back to the business plan, so many people, it's it's, I've done this. This is why I know. So many people, they want to, they say, I'm going for it. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start this company. I have this great idea, and they sit there for months on this business plan. They get all their projections right. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we, if we, if we meet with 10 people, can we sell two? Are we still okay? Are we going to, you know, break even analysis? All these things. And right when they push into the marketplace, all of those plans come tumbling down. So the, the majority, 90%, it's like, oh, all of this was wrong. How, how do people, 
allow the marketplace to speak quicker to them to for, to avoid more failure. Because it's the market. The marketplace doesn't lie. You know, it's you know, it's actually interesting, right? Like, I, I'm not gonna go against classical business where like business plan and all that. Sure. But the greatest things come when it's not a plan. Mm-hmm. You're all of a sudden you're doing it listening. and you're like you're listening, you're doing it, you're mm-hmm. like, man, I made some money doing this. Mm-hmm. Let me let me do it twice. Let me do it all day. Let me do it all weekend. Let me quit my job and do it. And it goes back to that whole thing like, are you feeling a need? Mm-hmm. Are you solving a are you solving a community or road or society's mm-hmm. issue? How many times do you look on social media where people are struggling to find childcare or to find this? Like, there is your, what is it telling you? I'm not telling you that everybody opens a daycare. I'm just giving you an example. It's there. It's right in front of you what we need. Mm -hmm. But instead of that, everybody wants to be in the club business or everybody wants to open this or everybody wants to open something incredibly sexy or something that, Mm -hmm. you know, if I own this. You know, I'm in I'm in the retail business, and people think like having being in distilled spirits or for the street world, owning a liquor store is so cool. Right. But it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's not cool. I mean, how's it cool? You got half a million dollars of stock sitting in your store. It's like mm-hmm. having 500 grand on this table right now. So when you walk out that door, you're gonna you're gonna feel great about it, right? Right. You're not gonna worry, right? I mean, <laughs> so it's not a cool business. It is a business that's extremely risky. It has a lot of uh, wealth sitting at one time. Mm-hmm. You have to carry large amounts of insurance because if their fire ever happened, you'd have like literally an oil mine burning. Mm. I mean, but look at what society thinks. It's the coolest business ever. I enjoy selling a product that people used to celebrate. Mm-hmm. I also have to be responsible enough that a lot of people use it as medicine. And I can't control that, mm-hmm. but... I have to do it responsibly. And I don't want people to use it as medicine. Right. I want people to use it as celebration and unity and bringing people together for a football game or a birthday or a wedding or whatever. But not you're not 100% successful in it. I've been really interested in, you know, I, I definitely, I mean, I own a marketing company. And, you know, from the outside, I mean, we've, we've interviewed some individuals and we've had people, I've seen people come into this type of industry thinking that we're going to sit around, we're going to drink coffee, we're going to come up with ideas, you know, it's going to be fun. And in the client service business is really, really difficult because of subjection. Right. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize how much humility, and I certainly have not had the enough humility I need to have more, but the humility it takes. I've been really interested in a lot of trade, like of the tradesmen, you know, the, the, the guys out there pressure watching, the guys out there, I have had so much interest. My brother-in-law does it. Um, I had a call the other day from a friend that wants to start a fabrication shop. So many people are, are shying away from those types of industries, and they're a gold mine. Man, let me tell you, services in that regard yeah. is, is the next gold. Yep. Because not to take anything away from this business, but your business mm-hmm. is an art Mm-hmm. And if you're not connecting people successfully, your art is worth nothing. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing about art. Art's worth $2 or $100 million. <laughs> there's, no, there's no middle. Mm-hmm. I mean, so same thing with services. At least it's scientific. Yep. You have to have, you have to know how to fix a pipe or, you know, bring service or circuits to electricity. It's good supply and demand. It's, it's a very good supply and demand. Mm-hmm. So if, and that's why a little bit, I'm a, I'm a pretty um, average tradesman. Mm-hmm. I learned it because I got tired of becoming a victim mm-hmm. of 
being taken advantage of, right? So as a as someone who is in business, sometimes you pay the tax. So you pay the, oh, basically you pay the, you could say you pay the rich man's tax or whatever it's called, right? So your price goes up because your perception of paying for it goes oh, yeah. up. Oh, yeah. So you don't want the price to go up. You want the price to be fair. So we're not trying to pay less. We certainly don't want to pay more. Right. But that didn't come because I went to school. Right. It came from I got tired of being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. To kind of close this out, I've got uh, one more question for you, for our audience. Um, whether they're, like I said, entrepreneur, upper management, uh, whatever. Um, what would you, what words of advice could you give at this point in your life to people who are, who are in leadership roles in general? What's some advice you could give to these people? You know, if you think about it, man, everybody's in a type of leadership role, right? Everybody manages something. And at, at the core, you manage yourself. So you're leading yourself. So I don't know if you, there's any advice I can give a leader, but I could just say, just know why you're doing something. Mm-hmm. Know what your purpose is. And I, I probably didn't do a great job of answering that question, but going back to what you said about humility, man, like ask yourself, look, I went to Lee County High School the other day and I gave a little uh, career day, not really career day, but I gave, I don't know what you call it, a career day, a speech or a mock to a marketing class. And can you believe everyone that wanted money I told everybody in the class, I said, if I gave you $1 million, what would you do with it? Mm-hmm. And nobody answered the question. So someone would say, I'd buy shoes. What kind of shoes? Jordans. You don't need a million dollars. How many would you buy? Three. You don't need a million dollars. One kid said, I want to invest it. How would you invest it? And they didn't know. So it's amazing, right? We all say we want a million dollars, but we don't even know how to use it. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? You don't even know what you want to do with it. Right. And that's why when you have it, you're miserable or you lose it or you don't manage it well, or people bring you down with them. Mm. So my advice you know, to anything about leadership would just be, know why you want to do it. And if listen, if you want to be filthy rich, that's what it is. So, you know, it's amazing, like when you see on social media, I follow Gary Vee, right? You take an Instagram picture that you're at a nice restaurant to prove to people who don't care about you that you're at a nice restaurant. Mm-hmm. You don't even like them. You don't even like them. And you wouldn't even share anything on that meal with that next person and that person wouldn't with you. So why not just share the moment? Why not eat that meal and know that what a blessing you have to be here at this time and to be able to afford it? You know, I say that all the time. When I'm in a great place, I tell the person next to me, I can't even believe I'm here today. Who would have thought I could afford this steakhouse or this seafood house or this hotel? You know, I soak it in every single time. I say it like, Every time I've been to a nice hotel, nice restaurant, I say, I can't believe I'm here today. I can't believe that I can afford a meal that costs me $10 a drink and $30 a meal. I can't believe that I'm going to write a $250 ticket for this meal for four people. Right? So you, it really goes down to why are you, why are you doing this? What, what drives you? And if it is money, then you better know what you're going to do with the money. And that's why the people who get it get this new house that they can't afford afterwards because they didn't even know what they wanted to do with it. They just bought it for whatever. So humility, like, if there's any one trait that I admire, it's humbleness and humility. Even I, you see I struggled answering a couple of your questions. Get that drive. It doesn't have to be money. Money can be it, but you better know how to use it. Everybody that I know that works for money doesn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. It'd be better if you just said, man, I want a Ferrari. And I want it so all the women look at me. 
that don't mean that she'll date you. Right. No, she'll no, just no, she'll no, just look no, at you. Yeah, yeah. She'll probably she'll probably tell her friends that fool. She'll get tired of the yeah Ferrari. yeah she'll, she'll get tired of the Ferrari. You know what I mean? It's it's a very good story. There was an article in Business Insider about a month ago. There was a lady, a young girl from Noonan, Georgia. Mm-hmm. She made it was a national article. She went to Harvard. And she worked as a waitress at Waffle House. My brother hired her, by the way. Vic. Vic. And she talked about what, she, if you can run a Waffle House, you can do anything. But now, I'm about to say something that's not going to be very popular here. It's fine. How many people in this town who are middle class, mm-hmm. by virtue of income, think they're the upper elite by virtue of status? Humble yourself. Let your kids be in service. Let your kids serve somebody. Let your kids pick up their own trash. Because if you won't, you'll die that way. Mm -hmm. If you want to get to the top, learn how to do something at the bottom. That's what nobody wants. And nobody wants to do. My son will be a waiter. He will pick up trash. My kids will do the bottom task. And yes, you better believe it. I will teach them to get to the top. Whether they want to go there or not, that's their choice. Mm Mm-hmm. But how many people do we have when we see someone doing a task that whatever, we look down at them, look up at them. Because you're not any better yourself, Mm-mm. right? You're driving a car you can't afford. You're mm-hmm. living in a house you can't afford. You can't afford that furniture. Humble yourself. And then unfortunately, it's a it's a such a waterfall effect because you're teaching your kids this is the right way to live. Mm-hmm. So they'll always be in the middle. Yep. And I'm telling you right now, I want you to be on the top. I want you to be multi-millionaire, lots of stuff. But the mindset has to be at the bottom, mm-hmm. right? That article talked about, this girl said, if you can manage a Waffle House, you can do anything. But let's be honest with ourselves. How many of us go into a Waffle House and we look down at those folks that work there? I mean, I admire them. I admire them more than I admire myself. Because they have it hard. No one says thank you. They barely tip you. And then you beat them down when you're there. Some of the sweetest people you ever meet. And ask yourself this then. If you keep doing that, who's going to serve you? Mm. Right? Nobody. Nobody. Unless you're going to be served by robots. And then what you going to do? Complain to a computer? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm. if you make, if you belittle people, you're not going to get people in your life anymore. So I I, I challenge anyone to say, if you want to be on the top, inverse it. Do exactly that thing on the bottom. Whether you choose to or not, you'll ultimately be the benefactor.